as you can see, title is a challenge. Remember, we're talking about challenges. Challenges for Christians. Last week, we talked about mediocrity. Rising above this mediocre living. Uh, kind of goes hand in hand with the sermon we had Sunday, the second milers. Uh, I consider all of you tonight here. Selfish living. Hmm. What do you think about that? What about being unselfish? The challenge to rise above unselfish living. What's the opposite of that? Selfish, selfish living. So, what do you think some challenges would be to rise above unselfish living? Anybody got a thought? What do you got to do to do that? What did you say? Don't, Don't put yourself first. Yeah. Yeah, did I say that wrong? Did I say that wrong? No? Well, anyway, rise above. How do we rise above selfish living? By being unselfish. Um, how are you unselfish? You don't have to be about me all the time. You can think about others as well. Yeah. And the Lord. Think about others, putting others first. I think you said not about me or don't be selfish. Uh, so the challenge to to unself selfish living, uh, being unselfish. We teach our children that, don't we? What do we? To. Well, we try to, don't we? Not to be selfish. Share. Yeah, share. That's a key word there, isn't it? Sharing. Um, Tortillion is mentioned there in your notes. A third-century Christian. He who lives only states this: that he who only. He who lives only to benefit himself confers on the world a benefit when he dies. <laughs> Beecher, 20th century uh, orator, selfish states this. Selfishness is that uh, detestable vice which no one will forgive in others and no one is without in himself. Now, selfishness. At the, we could say tonight that selfishness, which is the opposite of unselfishness, is at the foundation, if you really think about it, it's the foundation of all sin. The foundation of all sin can be linked to some way, somehow, to selfishness, being selfish. Now, take that a little further. How does that go? How, how, that, how is that possible? How can selfishness be linked to the foundation of sin? Someone cares about doing what you want to do. What you want to do? I'm going to do what I want to do. 
right. No matter whether it's right or wrong, I'm going to meet my what? Desires. You take the one who struggles with pornography and fornication and adultery. What's that about? Selfish selfish desire. You take one who, um, whatever, we can name whatever, we can tie, we can tie it. Anyway, some way, something taking porn back, and we can tie it back to being selfish. You take um, marital problems in marriages. What does it go back to? Most of the time, selfishness, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to do it my way. Or, you know, you have a, you know, a lot of times you have abusive uh, situations and things. Well, why? What is that? That's selfishness. How it affects you. That's right. It goes back to that key thing. So basically, all our all sins can be. Tied right back to this very study tonight of selfish living, but how what we want to look at and focus is how to live unselfishly. Okay? And if we're truthful with ourselves, <laughs> that's the key. We have to be truthful with ourselves. We all, no matter what, we all have some selfishness, do we not? We we shouldn't. I mean we should be beyond that, but we have we we struggle. I mean, I, I say we. I can speak for myself. I mean, I struggle with that. That's a human desire, isn't it? Um. So, you look if we are ever to be redeemed. Number four there. If we're to ever be redeemed and useful to God, we must be converted from selfishness we have to be now hear that we must be converted from selfishness we have to truly rid ourselves of being selfish people whether it's in your job whether it's in your marriage whether it's in relationships with family or kids or parent to child child to parent whatever the case may be yeah well it was on Yeah, they did. It came on <laughs> when I first started. Um, so, um, we have to, again, remove those things. Be converted from that. Romans chapter 15 and verse 3. For even Christ pleased not himself. Now, we're still under that... Uh, First part of the introduction there. He emptied himself for our well-being, our welfare. So our challenge, the last point there, number five under the introduction, is to be unselfish like who? Christ. Like Christ. He emptied himself. He, he done all he could do. 
these things in light for what would be better for us. Uh, so you look at that. Romans 15 and verse 2. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. What does that say to us? When you read that in your Bible, what does that say to you? Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. What does that say to you and I tonight? Anybody looking at that? Anybody? Treat your neighbor good. That's right. It says, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification, that he may be edified. Oh, thank you, Jason. Um, that he may be uplifted. Like Brother Jimmy said, we might not get along with him. <laughs> but we still wish the best for him. How hard is that? Yeah, so, ain't easy, is it? <laughs> you got that neighbor, man, he always blows his grass over on your side and <laughs> throws his trash out over there. And they, I, know, I know what y'all deal with. Uh, don't ever keep his yard like you, you know, like you like to see it, uh, different things. So, yeah, here, it's hard to do that. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4. Look not every man his own things only. Don't look at your own self, he's saying, but every man also on the things of others. 1 Corinthians 10 24. Let no man seek his own or his only, his only himself, but every man, uh, every man another's wealth. The challenge to live unselfishly. That's the challenge that I put before you. This week. Now, let's look at selfishness a little closer under the discussion part there. What is it? We've kind of already laid it out, hadn't we? Thinking of oneself, let me give you what I've, what I've uh, put in here. Undue regard. Now, you're looking at selfishness. Undue regard for self. For the interest, desires, wants, and affairs of self, for self only. Basically what we've already said, right? I want to please self. I'm going to do what self wants to do. Maybe we could put it this way. To live with self in the center. Now, notice this. To live with self in the center of all things. What do we sometimes tell our young children? That's what I wanted here. It ain't all about you. You said it a few times. It ain't all about you. And the sad part about that is sometimes it ain't little children. Sometimes it's adults, isn't it? That really think that the world revolves around me and it's all about me. Sometimes that's present in our marriages. Sometimes it's all about me. And I'm going to tell you what, if you're on the other end of that, the spouse on the other end of that, that's a hard life, isn't it? I've known people. I've, I've talked with people. I've counseled people with those issues. That the husband 
or vice versa. It's all about me. It's all about pleasing me. I ain't worried about pleasing you. Um, so again, that rise above selfish living. But to live with self in the center of all things, making all things revolve around self, to seek to sanctify or satisfy the desires of self always, to disregard others, or continue to define that, their interests, rights, welfare, and wishes. Now, selfishness has been around for a long time, hasn't it? We can trace it all the way back to where? Beginning of time, Adam and Eve. Yeah, certainly we can. Certainly we can. So, we, we've laid out what is it. So, what is the fruit? What does, what does, um, what does selfishness bear? What does selfishness bring about? What would you say? Anybody? Okay. Why should we be concerned about selfishness? Now, we're talking about challenge to, to live unselfishly, but, you, but to do that, we have to talk about being selfish, right? So that's what we're doing. So what is its fruits? Why be concerned about selfishness in our lives, in your marriage, in your home, at the workplace, in the church? Why? Why be concerned about that? Because we're trying to lead you to the fruit. Brings about desertion, like you said. Yeah, exactly right. And I'm going to tell you, we have to be humble and and with humility in our lives to be able to recognize this fault if we have it in our life. We have to be very humble with ourselves and honest with ourselves. That's where I want to bring you tonight. Think about your own personal life. Whether you be dealing with grandchildren, whether you be dealing with children, whether you be dealing with your husband, with your wife, um, with your co-workers, with church family members, our church family, uh, all these things. Is there anything somewhere that you could say, well, I was pretty selfish about that. I mean, I can do that. I mean, if I really look back, I can say, we all probably could say that. Uh, but that's the key. Is it at times or is it constant? That's what I want you to think about. At times, we're all going to deal with that. Okay? When it came time for my mother to leave this world, and I knew she was in the dying process, this, that, and the other, you know, I prayed selfishly for a, a, a time. I prayed selfishly that the Lord would keep her here, didn't want to let her go. 
That was kind of selfish on my part. It's kind of natural, I guess, because you don't want your mom in the way. But I had to become unselfish and say, Lord, it's okay. Don't want her to suffer. That's where you got to come to in those situations is selfish versus unselfish. And it's natural to want to keep, and that's just one example. There's many other examples we could use, but that's just something that hits me personally um, when I dealt with that. So you, you think about that. What's its fruit? It's, uh, it disfigures just, just about every relationship in life. It brings sorrow into your homes, in your families, it brings havoc into society. You think about how selfish our society is right now. Think about it as a whole. You just think about the, the politics part and you think about um, the TV shows. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world and I'm going to get you before you get me in everything that you watch or see. Our TV shows are geared to that. Um, and number one, and, and another thing too, it brings it brings difficulties into the Lord's church. Unfortunately, selfishness uh, will blinds our eyes to the truth and justice, closes our ears to love and mercy, hardens our hearts to love others and God, destroys peace and harmony and unity in the church. We could say selfishness is the mother of a thousand sins, one stated. <laughs> you really think about it. I want you to really think about that in the few days to come, how selfishness is tied into a lot of different sins. Even tonight, think about that. Uh, different things that we struggle with. Biblical examples, Brother Jimmy's already brought one out about the guy who had to build bigger barns and this, that, and other, the parable. Um, I, I thought about John 12 and verse 4 through 6, Judea, Judas Iscariot. Anybody else think about that? Selfishness? Judas didn't rise above selfishness. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, ha he didn't accept the challenge to be unselfish. Because what did he do? He sold out our Lord for what? Money. Money. 30 pieces of silver, right? I forget, they gave an amount of that. I can't remember exactly what the amount was on that. Very little, though. <laughs> Very little. That's my next example. Uh, in Luke 15, 11 through 16, uh, Brother Benny brought it out. Uh, he caused a young man to, to come into great want. Uh, he left home. When he left home, who was he thinking of? Himself. You know, that's not righteous living when you read that. That's <laughs> one old boy used to read. He said, right? He said, he has righteous living. What's the word? Righteous. Unrighteous. Right? The opposite, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I brought him one man at one. He squandered all his living. But again, who is he thinking of? Himself. 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 You know, and we wonder, you know, a lot of times in our lives, we, we go through difficult times. A lot of times, if we're honest with ourselves, we bring about a lot of our own heartache because we're only thinking of ourselves. 
you know, a, a husband and wife who bickers and, and who fusses and fights and disagrees and this, that, and other. You can pretty much tie it back to one or two or one or both parties are selfish. I want it my way. It's kind of like the attitude of it's my way or the highway. And I'm going to tell you what, a lot of our young people, what are you laughing back over pity? Is that what you pig? You know, <laughs> I seen you grinning. <laughs> it's my way or the highway. Uh, but uh, I had to pick on her. She, she and I go at each other. Yeah. Do what? <laughs> it's okay with you. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, but again, I mean, you, you look at that, what it's done to these biblical examples. Um, it brought sudden death on two folks of the New Testament church. Who was that? Acts chapter 5, wasn't it? 1 through 10. Why did they lie? Wanted to keep part of that money. Everybody, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, it caused Israel to rob God. You read Malachi 3, verses 8 and 9. Uh, you look at that and study that. Why did they not, why did they fail to give to God correctly? They, was, they, they were selfish. You know, we ask ourselves today, you know, look at that. We could ask ourselves. Are we being selfish with God? I mean, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to bring it up more in, in the congregation, but I'm going to tell you what. Uh, our, I don't know if y'all know this, but our contribution has been over 3,000 in several weeks now. You know what that says about you? It means you ain't not selfish. You're trying to give to God. You're trying to keep the work. And I'm going to tell you what, it encourages when your elders get up there in that pulpit and they say, we sent out of here over $40,000 to the work for the Lord. It encourages you, hey, look what, what, what we've done. Not with patting ourselves on the back. You can pat yourself on the back, but not braggingly in a way to, to sin. But what I'm saying is that's, that's a great thing. And it's because of you. It's because of you. Um, and it allows the, work, the Lord's work to go on and to, for us to do great things for the Lord. And, 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 and God gets the glory, doesn't he? You know, it's not anything really we did uh, per se. We did the giving. But again, you know, the Lord blesses us and we, we keep that going so um, I was very pleased to see that and hear our elders do what they did but what about unselfishness again we're going to end with this thought unselfishness the challenge is the challenge to unselfish living being unselfish all these things that we've talked about the last 15 minutes or so the opposite of that now, what is it? It's going to be opposite of what we've already read. To live so that self is not the center of one's life. Now, how hard is that? Now, I want to tell you what. We men struggle with this. Uh, and women do too, some to extent. But we men, they have a thing called the what? Ego. The ego. Yeah. It's like, it kind of goes back to the cavemen. I hunt, kill the food, you fix it, 
Let me drag you around by the hair. <laughs> Remember them little cartoons that drag you around by the hair? Uh, it kind of goes back to that ego thing, okay? Men struggle with that sometimes, a lot so more than, than women do. Um, but, but again, that self is not in the center of one's life. What is it? To have a sincere regard for others. Putting others before whom? Yourself. We husbands. Jim, I ain't talking to you. I just keep looking at you. You're one of my, you're one of my focal points, okay? Uh, I have focal points. I go across everywhere. I have play pieces I look. A lot of times people say, well, man, he's speaking to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you think about that. To live for others, put their rights and needs before your own. When's the last time, men, when it was raining? It's been raining a lot here lately that you drove your wife up to the door where she didn't have to get wet. Jessica, did I see you punch him? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. When's, when's the last time you've you done something like that? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy's trying to think. What did you say, last Saturday? <laughs> things like that. You do think, and that's just a, a mild example, but I mean, there, there's a lot of other things you can do to put your wife or put your husband before yourself. But the question is, are we? You got soaked that night. Um, our challenge, you go to Romans chapter 14 and verse 19. Our challenge from this, and you look, you look in this chapter here, and all the way through chapter 15 and verse 3. Now, in verse 19 of 14, it, it allows us to see this. Do things that make for peace with others. Also in verse 19, do things that edify others. We're commanded to do that, aren't we? Edify one another? Yeah. Lift up one another, encourage one another. Verse 20 of chapter 14. Do not use Christian liberty to offend or destroy a brother. 21. Be willing to forego even good things for good of others. Give up something for somebody. What have you given up for your spouse lately? I'm talking to myself too. So, What have you given up for the Lord? Let's take it a little further. If there's one thing tonight that you could give up, to make yourself in a better relationship with the Lord and be a second miler, as we talked about Sunday, what would you give up? If you could give up one thing right tonight, what would you give up to be not putting yourself before the Lord or even your spouse? What could you give up? Hobby? What would, you, what would you give up? There's a lot of things we could go and name. Verse 21, uh, forego the good things for others. Verse 1 of chapter 15 uh, of Romans, four, uh, Romans there, four, 15. Strong should bear infirmities of the weak, remember? Verse 2, please your neighbor for his good to edification. In our example, Christ pleased not who? Himself. 
He wasn't about pleasing himself. If he had, he'd have called 10,000 angels and never would have stood on that cross the whole time, right? Exactly. Our ultimate example of unselfishness. Christ has set before us the supreme example. We just mentioned that. Him just coming to earth as man, left of the throne of heaven. He sought to please his Father while on earth. He'd done his Father's will. He went about doing good, didn't he? Yeah, what good do we do today? Think about it. What good do we do for others today without complaining? Because <laughs> sometimes we find ourselves what? We do good for others, but then we do what? We complain about it. I've been guilty of that. Well, I went and done this. Oh, we put me so far behind. Now I can't get caught up. Now I'm a... And they didn't appreciate it. I mean, we just go on and on, don't, don't we? Uh, he went to the cross for us. What about the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7? But what things were gained to me, he says, I counted them for loss. Hmm. He sought to do all things for the glory of God. He was concerned about people. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. He lowered himself and became, just like our Lord did, became a servant, obedient to death as our Lord did. Paul done the same thing. He said, so that I would be better off for other people. Not myself. How much better would our lives be if we had that attitude all the time? Ooh, a lot better, wouldn't it? But now we get cranked up and all this world says, ah, they don't deserve it. They appreciate it. They don't deserve it. They don't like me. They don't appreciate me. They blah, 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 blah. We can just go on, 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 on. But we don't have the right to do that. That's talk. That's right. Talks it for everybody. That's right. You're exactly right, man. You're exactly right. Um, in conclusion, real quick, the kids are out there. Unselfish living, and it's on your notes, is the only real way to live. Followers of Christ have their challenge laid out for them. We need to catch the vision as the Apostle Paul did. No one can live the Christian life successfully without making a diligent effort to put off un, uh, selfishness, rather. And are you willing to die to self so you can live unto God. That's what you need to take home with you. Can you deny self? For God and for mankind. All right. Thank you for your kind attention.